to Check Your Beer, a podcast about quality control in your brewery. We're your hosts, Amy Todd, owner of Zymology Labs, and Julie Smith, lab manager at Lawson's Finest Liquids. Okay, hi everyone. Welcome back to Check Your Beer. I am Amy Todd, and I'm here with Julie. Hey, everybody. And today we are going to be talking about sensory. So this is definitely one of those things that an easy kind of start to your quality program. You know, everyone can get started with sensory. You don't you don't really have to buy anything. You know, you can just kind of taste your beers as you go. We'll kind of get into a little bit more detail with that in a minute. Um, I do want to say that one of the one of the big I guess you could kind of call oh a big investment um, in your quality in your sensory program is is definitely time. So Julie and I were kind of talking about this a little bit before we started recording, but it can be sometimes a little difficult to get people to attend your sensory panel. Why don't we let's talk about all the good things about sensory first, and then <laughs> and then I'll get into to that if if we if we decide to. Uh, well, I think sensory is probably one of your most important quality program aspects, especially for smaller breweries, because it doesn't require a whole lot of investment startup. There's no fancy equipment you need. You just need some glassware, the beer that you already have in your tanks, and anything else that you're looking to taste, like maybe your processed water or some of your malt, or you're going to start making hop teas just so you can better understand what flavors you're getting from your raw ingredients. Um, But if you're a small brewery or even kind of a local regional brewery and you don't have those big fancy machines that are um, looking for peaks in aroma um, and telling you what your beer tastes like. Sensory is your best line of defense um, because humans are super sensitive to taste and smell. Um, So when you train your staff to recognize what's true to brand for each brew that you do, and what you want your beer to taste like, they're going to be able to pick up on that super quick, and it's going to be really helpful. Yeah, and your a trained sensory panel is like another instrument, basically. Um, in some cases, they're even more accurate. And right. your beer can, like, hit all your specs. It can, you know, test perfectly, you know, be on paper, the right ABV, the right IBUs, the right color, all this stuff. But if there's an off flavor it's not going to taste good and people aren't going to want to buy it. So sensory is super important. When I first started the sensory panel at Zero Gravity, we started out by just tasting all of our beers throughout fermentation and the ingredients with them. So, you know, I think we had like a malt focus session. So we tasted all the malts, just, you know, the kernels chewing on some of those right alongside the beers and then you know we had one where we were smelling all the hops that go into the different beers and and the yeast and so just to kind of get a good sense of of how the ingredients are how they change throughout the brewing process and what kind of still comes through into the finished beer what kind of things you should be looking for um, you know and just kind of from there 
kind of getting that overall picture of, of what our beer should be tasting like and, and what that true to brand looks like. So for us, we're mostly doing true to brand. Um, we taste all of our beers that are packaged, things that are going to be kegged. I'll, I will fill up growlers of those and we'll, we'll taste those too. So, so now we're not doing any ingredient testing. I mean, as the brewers, um, you know, when they're brewing, they're going to, they're smelling hops and, and tasting malt and, and all that stuff, but not in like the official tasting panel format. Um, so now we're, we're just doing finished product. And then um, every now and then we'll, we'll do some off flavor training as well. We'll touch on that a little bit later. Do you want to, what's your, uh, your panel format like, yeah. Julie? We're pretty much along the same lines. Our main focus is making sure that the beer we're sending out the door meets all of our expectations and is true to brand. Um, we use an app called Draft Lab. There's a free version of it that lets you enter in like one description at a time. Um, but I think it's super helpful because like we said, the biggest challenge is getting people to find the time to show up. So the app that I use, just it has panels open throughout the week for whatever we're packaging that week, and people are able to stop by or grab a can or a draft pour in the tap room and just enter it in right there. So that's our main focus is just making sure that before we package the beer, it's tasting the way we want it to. And then once a week after everything's been canned and kegged, we're tasting it to make sure that as it's going out the door, it's still meeting our expectations. Um, the brewers are constantly tasting the malt and they're smelling the hops and they're, they're doing all that stuff as they're brewing just informally. And if there's ever any questions, they always know that they can ask and we can make it a formal panel. Um, I did do some base malt tasting, um, just adding, using Pilsner malt as a base and doing little mini mashes in the lab um, for another experiment. So I saved that wart for our sensory panel to taste. And that was kind of interesting, just adding like 20% of specialty malt. Uh, to the Pilsner malt and then a different 20% and seeing how that taste changed throughout the different mashes. Once a week we do do off-flavor training. Um, sometimes I mix it up. I'll do the same off-flavor in four different beers so we can see how it changes across our brand profile. Or we'll do a bunch of different off-flavors in the same beer. And I'm also working on how to start training for on-flavors. So as we're mm. working on our one-off portfolio, just making sure that we're all talking about um, the same aromas and flavors. So like going through and doing different citrus tasting, like putting orange extract in a beer, lime, lemon, and making sure we're all identifying the orange is orange and the lime is lime, um, but we haven't really gotten into that yet. So that's kind of where we're at for our sensory program. Yeah, that's great because that having that language is that common language is huge for a sensory panel too. Because yeah, people two different people could describe the same thing totally different ways or be using the same word to be describing totally different things. So yeah, that's. That's cool. We also, we use Google Forms when 
when we're doing our, our sensory panel. So we do um, twice a week. Then we do two sessions so that um, people like out in the packaging line or brewing, they can kind of switch off. So our kind of format, it's, um, you know, all the beers that have been packaged. Um, we're doing the true to brand. So we're filling out. Everybody just has Google Forms right on their phone. So we have like a questionnaire. We're looking at the turbidity, hop aroma, the sweetness, bitterness. And then we've got like some check boxes for, you know, is the is this a citrus, berry, pine aroma, um, section for commons, the body. So, you know, what, what you're going to have on here is going to be what's important to you, um, what you want to be looking for in your beer. You know, and you want to make sure you don't want it to be too long because you don't want people to, you know, everyone's busy. So, you don't want to be spending an hour filling out these forms. So you want to make it quick and easy. But you also want to make sure that you are capturing information that's important to you. So we have the same, we fill out the same form for all of our beers. And we just, you know, fill in what beer it is. But um, if you wanted to, you could have different different forms for for different beers you know maybe there's certain you know like on a stout if you have like a distinct roasty character so you know that might be like an on flavor that julie was talking about but you know you don't need to be looking for that same roast character in your ipa so different beers might have different characteristics that you're looking for the other nice thing with the google forms is that um, whenever people submit the their responses, it goes into a Google Sheet, and so from there it has like the date and the time, automatically entered, and then you can pull like average. You know, you can make a pivot table, and then you know just look at all the IPAs or the pilsners, and you know what are people rating for body, and what's the average, and is there, you know, somebody whose answers are kind of out of whack. I was actually just looking at results the other day and noticing that I was getting some of the same hop aroma intensity levels for, for our Pilsner and our IPA. So I, <laughs> I may need to have some uh, conversations with, with some people. <laughs> yeah, that, that might be helpful. Yeah. yeah. It's always, uh, it's always fun knowing what people write down and then seeing what they say yeah and like just like yeah, you have to calibrate your instruments i mean you have to calibrate your panel too so you know and and you know as we get new employees and we have our tasting panels open to everyone so we i know a lot of places you know they'll maybe start out by having it open to people but you kind of have to earn your spot on the tasting panel we don't have enough people to be at that level so we just kind of open it up to everyone. But so so there are definitely some newer folks who a lot of times I just kind of throw them into it. and like, oh, you'll get it as you go, you know, just. Uh... So, yeah, we, we actually to back up, we um, everyone will fill out their their forms for each beer on their own. So no talking because, you know, if one person, even if they're just like, oh, like that smells good, you know, that's going to kind of affect everyone's impression of the beer, too. So. You know, if you were like thinking it smelled terrible, you know, you're going to change your answers maybe. So everyone fills out stuff on their own without any talking. And then at the end, we'll talk about the beers all together. So, you know, pros and cons to that, you know, I think it is good, um, especially for new people, just kind of be hearing what other people are saying about it. You know, there's definitely 
something that maybe you didn't think of that somebody else is picking up on it so it's a good learning experience i think to be hearing what other people are saying and just different ways that people are describing it definitely one of the big cons to doing it that way though is that it, it takes up a bit more time so you know it usually takes about a half hour you know which i think i keep saying this but um Ideally, I want to get to, you know, yeah, where people are kind of coming and going and, and tasting on their own, and then they can kind of get right back to, to what they were working on. And so it's not such a, a huge time commitment or disturbance to their workflow. Right. Yeah. Our panels, our weekly package, like everything that we've packaged, takes a while, probably no more than 15 minutes, but. The off-flavor training that we do is, is a quick one, like five, ten minutes in, out, done. Mm, nice. Um, well, should we talk about off-flavors a, a little bit? Sure. So we, um, I have gotten a couple times the um, Siebel off-flavor kits. They're like little liquid vials, and you just spike it right into a liter of beer. They're, you know, it's nice and easy. Um, I've used the Aroxo ones too. Um, I think those are a little better since, well, those are a powdered form and so they're a little more shelf stable, um, whereas the Siebel ones are, are liquid. What I like about the, the Siebel ones, well, first you can pick and choose too. I think they have like a... Oh yeah, they mix and match. Yeah, so that's nice to kind of pick ones that you specifically want to be testing for. Another thing that I like is they have this basic sensory kit, which is four of six different flavors. So, so I think it's like the kind of the the big off flavors. So the diacetyl, DMS, contamination acetaldehyde, oxidation, something else too. Um, acetic, maybe? Uh, yeah. Um, oh, no. The no, it's one that's... Oh, iso, is diacetyl and acetic, Isoamylacetate. Right? That's it. It's the one that nobody really needs. It's just... It's, a, it's an easy one. <laughs> well, it's good to have a, a nice one, too. Like, that's a pleasant one. Whereas a lot of right. them are like, you know, everyone gets mad at you. But so, so I like how that one has four different ones. So it's great to, you know, first you can, you know, try it out in, you know, maybe a lighter tasting beer and then you can do it again in a, um, you know, an IPA or a stout or something. Or you can also, um, it can be good the first time you're doing it to do a double dose so that it's really strong. So people really know, really get the flavor. Because with a lot of these, like, you know, you, you don't, there's no way to really you have to experience the flavor. I don't really know how to <laughs> explain this, but just like reading about it or hearing about it. You're um, not going to know it right. until you drink it. Yeah. And there are definitely some that people are blind to. So like diacetyl is a big one that, I don't know, like 20% of people are blind to. Like they can't taste it. Oh, wow. Maybe it's not that much. I don't know. Don't don't. I know DMS me. is a big one. Oh, like dimethyl okay. sulfide. Yeah. Um, so like, you're not going to know if you can't taste it, if you've never tried a spike. So, and also good for you if you're blind to it, if you can't taste a double yeah, right? spike of diacetyl, <laughs> like, you can drink whatever beer you want and yeah, be right? happy. You're lucky. But so if you do have people on your taste panel and you know that they're blind to a certain flavor, just, you know, keep, keep note of that, you know, you still want them on your panel. Just, you know, if 
everyone else is tasting diacetyl and this person's not, then, you know, maybe you have a diacetyl problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's also good to have, like, a, a representative mix of people on your panel if yeah. you're lucky enough to have a lot of people on your panel. It's good to have people that are super sensitive to it. Um, and then also people that like more represent the general public and what your consumers are. And it just helps inform the decisions that you're making about any issues you might be having. Yeah. So yeah, it, you know, it doesn't have to be just, you know, production involve everybody in your brewery. Um, you probably have to, uh, I mean, like we've right. kind of been alluding to, you know, sometimes it's hard to get people to to stop what they're doing and come taste. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely good to have have a mix of of people, and that's also gonna, you know, so maybe your your marketing team it might kind of make them feel a little bit more connected to your product too, if they're you know a, a really important part of your quality control and and part of that process of making that beer and making sure it tastes good. Right. If your panel's all production people, too, they're already going to know when there's an issue coming down right. the pipeline or why you're calling the panel that you're calling. Um, so it's just good to have people outside of that who aren't going to be hyper vigilant and maybe hunting around for stuff that's not there. Um, it's nice to have uh, anybody from your tap room or marketing or even your front office if you have one. Um, just to have a, are a little less in tune with what's going on in the brewery so that they can just go in more blind than the, mm -hmm. the rest of your production team. Yeah, it's definitely hard. You know, even I, you know, sometimes like knowing like what a beer is finishing at or something and I'll be like, oh, does that beer like, does it really taste dry or do I just know that this one is finished really dry or, you know, so it's you can definitely... Yeah, it's best when you don't know anything about the beer. Otherwise, you're going to get in your head and you might start tasting and smelling things that, that aren't actually there. Right. And those um, those Siebel kits are really good. I think they're, they're not that expensive, but they're only good for like one, one shot for each one, right? Yeah. And yeah. Um, so for like 10 people? Yeah. yeah so, the, yeah, if you only have people. like a couple of people to... It can be kind of a waste, but yeah, if, um, yeah, those kits are really good, but if you're really strapped for cash or just starting out, um, you can get some stuff from the grocery store or stuff you have already in the brewery. Um, that McCormick's imitation butter flavor is spot on for diacetyl and that'll last you for a bunch of times. Nail polish remover is a good one. Just don't let anybody drink it. Just have them smell it. Um, that's a good one for ethyl acetate, which is just an ester that can sometimes be overpowering. Um, you can also just skunk your own beer, just forsage it and abuse it with some heat. And then you have some pretty crappy oxidized beer. And that's also a good training tool. Yeah, and the skunking too. Just leave that outside for like 30 seconds. Right. We, we did some tests this this past summer and yeah i think i did a couple like different like timing and i think with the ipa it, it took like it was less than a minute for it to get skunked and you know it makes you sad to think about all the people drinking your beautiful ipas on the patio when you know that's what you want to be doing too of course we all want to drink our beers outside in the sun but they just get skunked so fast. 
true. Drink them fast. Yes, yeah, that, that solves all your problems. Let's see. There was something... Oh, and, you know, so if you are a small brewery and, you know, you only have a couple people and you're getting one of these kits, um, you know, maybe there's another brewery that you can partner with and do the training together or maybe with like a homebrew club or something. Um, I think they, you know, they say they're designed for like 10 people, but I feel like you can squeeze out a little bit more. It's not like you want to be drinking, you know, you're probably only going to want a couple sips of some of these, so... And I like to, with our panel, to try to sneak in stuff every now and then, too. So maybe I'll grab some, some really old beers off the QC shelf or something and just kind of see what, what people say. And uh, sometimes when... I think they get a little cautious when I serve them beers and growlers sometimes, too. Yeah, yeah. People or, figure out their <laughs> too quick. Yeah. Or if I'm like, tell me if there's anything unusual about this beer, and they get scared. So, um, some other things that can be fun with the sensory panel, especially when you're kind of starting out and when you're kind of like coming up with that true to brand description for your beers, you can taste some commercial examples of of other beers, kind of similar to yours, or maybe some that are like really different from yours and then just kind of talk about you know what you like about those beers what you don't like about those beers kind of what's similar with yours and and what's not sometimes it can be helpful when you're kind of coming up with those descriptions if you have something to compare it to versus if you're just drinking it on on its own right and we do we taste our beer a bunch of times before we um started doing brand descriptions for it. Yeah. I think it was like I tried to do between five and ten. Mm -hmm. Settled at like eight. Yeah. <laughs> but just going through and because, you know, it's a fermented product, so it's changing over time no matter what you do. Um but making sure the general scope of it is is the same from batch to batch. Yeah, and I guess we kind of totally skipped over, like, how to actually taste beer, too. Um, oh, right. <laughs> so, when we're tasting, so, let's see, first, you want to kind of look at your beer, too, just kind of see, you know, does it look normal? What's the haze, the clarity, you know, color, and then you want to start by smelling your beer, and smell it pretty pretty quickly too in case there's any volatile aromas that can dissipate. Um, you can kind of swirl your glass a little bit, you can cover it and swirl it and that can kind of trap some of those volatiles too. And oh, let's, let's bring out our, our Cicerone uh, education here. So there's the, the short little bunny sniffs and then the long mm -hmm. sniffs. Yeah. The so, swirl and waft. Yes. That's a good one. Um, and so Make any, like, notes, too, you know, of, of those aromas, too, because, like I said, you know, some things can dissipate or you can, um, oh, what's that word when you, like, get used to something and then you can't smell it anymore? Is... Oh, when you're, like, uh, oversaturated. Yeah, whatever that word is, that can happen. Um, so make notes, because if you go back to it, you know, if you're like, oh, I kind of detected uh, a bit of... Um, raisin or something and then later you can't smell it anymore like so that doesn't mean that it's gone or you know maybe you just don't notice it anymore 
Great. So, okay, so get your smell, and then you're going to want to taste the beer. A couple things to be looking for are, like, the carbonation level. So um, we rate our, our carbonation levels, too. So is that high or low? We actually recently kind of upped our spec a little bit because um, a lot of people were, were saying it was a little on the lower end. Um, the mouthfeel, so... Um, I like to kind of compare this with like skim milk versus whole milk. So if it's kind of thin, you know, more like how skim milk feels in your mouth versus whole milk. Was that really like mouth coating? Um, astringency, um, kind of that like drying, like grape skins or tea bag kind of feeling in the in your mouth. Now you'll be looking for like flavors, bitterness, malts. You know, and, and try to describe stuff to, I know this is, I'm terrible at this too, but um, try not to just say good or bad, but you know, what are you actually tasting? Is the malt bready or crackery or does it taste like honey? You know, try to get as descriptive as you can. Right. Um, and if it, um, if it reminds you of something, just try to trace that experience back. And yeah. If it brings you back to anything. Yeah. Smells like really tied to memory too and then yeah what else the uh like aftertaste too so kind of sometimes um especially like with ipas you can get like a lingering bitterness or is it like a really smooth clean finish um some beers are kind of cloying there's like a kind of like a lingering sweetness uh, and then you kind of want to put it all together like an overall impression of the beer yeah um, i find the um retro nasal hmm sampling really effective that's kind of what i use if i have trouble with identifying an off flavor but that's when you're gonna like you take a small sip of your beer and you swish it around in your mouth to warm it up a little bit and then as you're swallowing the beer you breathe out your nose and that kind of like brings the whole thing together you get the aroma out your nose and you get the taste on your tongue and then that whole aftertaste in your nose and down your throat too yeah. Yeah, taste is what, like 90% aroma or something? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think that's a, a pretty good overview on sensory. We are going to, we will have another episode um, on sensory, maybe next time. Maybe not. Um, I think we'll get a little bit more into some off flavors. Um, we should talk some more about triangle tests, too. I love doing triangle tests. Nice. Yeah, we could have a ton of episodes on yeah. sensory. All right, anything else you want to add to this one? Yeah, I think that's good for now. All right, awesome. All right, guys. So check your beer. <laughs> and uh, keep listening. Thank you for listening to Check Your Beer. Send us an email at checkyourbeer at gmail.com for any questions or episode suggestions. Uh, check out our show notes for what we talk about on each episode. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll catch you next time on Check Your Beer. Thanks for listening.